0: What can be said about the definition of the word enigma, only that it is something difficult to describe, difficult to explain, and it has complicated significance, especially as we move to certain topics. In this episode of the Enigma Sessions, I will be doing a special covering the service of Hispanos in the military. And starting off is another one of my longtime friends and prior service member in the United States Marines, we will be talking about his origins, his early life, and early signs of entrepreneurship, as well as how he came to the decision of joining the Marines, and what it meant to him, both the good and the bad, as an Hispano and as a Mexican. This is... Pro Martinez. So, coming back to the the ESL sessions, the, the Enigma episodes, for this round of interviews, I'm actually going to be doing something very particularly, and starting off with this one, I actually have a longtime friend, as well as another fellow service member who is a prior Marine, and he, he will actually introduce himself. Uh, we're going to c- keep his name a little bit off the record, but just for, for the instance of the interview, is just going to be bro, dude, or whatever. But yeah, man, When whenever you're ready, if uh, if you want to go introduce yourself in whatever name you want to use, if, uh, we're going to keep it anonymous.
1: Yeah. All right, so uh, my name is Copa Martinez. You know, there's a lot of us, so it's going to be very hard to find me. But, uh, you know, I was in the Marine Corps from my like 2013 to 2017 active duty. I just pretty recently am about to finish my end of acts. uh and enact the reservist thing pretty soon but yeah um i done a lot of things in the military i was a water support technician and a combat marksmanship coach but mostly i did a lot of infantry uh infantry things with the combat engineers even though i was in a wing unit uh-huh. but yeah being a latino in the marine corps is a a different perspective like compared to every other branch from what i see been seeing.
0: Yeah, dude. So, well, here before we before we start getting off into that, like that's that's gonna be with the specifics of of this interview. So, so like I told you, like right before we started recording, dude, it's literally just like I'm trying to get the the point and perspective from from us as Hispanos, Latinos, Latinx, however you want to identify yourself, or however anybody yeah. identifies themselves in in current service, like how how our perspective is as one. Being children of of illegal immigrants or immigrants to this country doesn't have to be illegal, and then also being either that little weird melding point between that first generation and that second generation, but also how our personal experience as as kind of a a role serving in a different military with with some pride and then some some heritage and, yeah. and even some how can I say it even some uh some allegiance to to our birth countries how would it kind of affects things yeah. and then also like other stuff about personal experiences with identity but like I said before yes. before we start heading off with that how about we start off in the beginning how about you tell me about a little bit about from when you were younger a little bit of like your middle school high school days and then a little bit and then we'll go a little bit more deep into your your military service so keep it vague okay. if you want keep it vague if you want but like where were you born? Where did you grow up like your your first early years?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I was born in uh, in like almost the last end of the early 90s, 94. But I was born in Mexico and I didn't come to America until I was like nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny thing was they didn't think I could speak English, but I knew math so well that they didn't have to take uh, math all the way till middle school. <laughs>
0: okay, dude. Damn.
1: So... And so I had like two English classes to perfect my English, but still I have issues uh, pronouncing things or every so-and-so my words go backwards. But uh, I I still have fun, you know, Uh, my school was pretty fun. This is where I got to meet you, you know, in high school, I got to meet you, Jose. Yeah, it was a good old time. Um, I had like, I think back around junior year, I decided I was going to join the military
0: yeah dude yeah i think we we talked about that we really talked about that a lot like during uh, esl class which like we had we had we didn't really know each other during like middle school because you you got you got to uh well you got to nevada during middle school right
1: yeah i was in nevada around uh elementary and then uh middle school i moved to Fernley.
0: got it okay yeah dude so yeah and then we yeah we really didn't meet until like your freshman year of of high school so yeah dude but here let's let's bring it back a little bit so you're 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 born in mexico you you yeah. come to the states you did you come legally or illeg- uh, illegally if you want to share that
1: um so well you know i got my citizenship and everything i came illegally with my family and um uh, funny thing was uh you know us being kids we had to either been told like to stay quiet or don't say anything i literally my family drugged me so i didn't try to like fight saying what my name was cuz i had a fake green card mm-hmm. so yeah
0: <laughs> no dude i mean that's and that's a really common thing that actually does happen like even even like assuming a different identity just to be able to get across so that's like your early life you already coming you're 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 coming from mexico you are already in the states how was it like for you in in the beginning time of the of the states like interacting like you already understand english you already spoke a little bit english you're you're pretty much a prophet in math at this point but like how was your early interactions like with middle in uh like elementary school and and like elementary teachers and stuff like that
1: so like yeah so like to cover that aspect i was like everybody was looking at me and I knew only a couple words and uh, my stepdad like gave me an Xbox when I was in Mexico and I had a menu in English. So I had to like connect the dots But When I was like, when I was in school, like people thought I was like a special eds kid because I wouldn't understand. And I kept tilting my head, like with a smile I'm like, I don't understand, but they thought that was uh, my way of communicating. Like I, I am dumb, but Cuando like, they saw me that, like, I grab my paperwork and then I turn it in on the teacher and then I walk away and the teacher's like, how? And, like, it was my grandmother that taught me that, like, she told me, like, the main language that unites everybody in el mundo and, like, everybody is numbers. And she's like, if you know your numbers, no matter what, that shit will get you in places in the world
0: no nah, dude and that's crazy she's right and and it's funny too that you actually bring that up and I wanted to, I wanted you to explain that a little bit more because in the previous interview I actually talked to Juanita and she's she's actually she's actually going through with like the ESL product uh, the ESL projects on being like a, uh, a secondary teacher and like assisting in that but one of the one of the, the early experiences that she actually had and she like really went into it more as a as a, as a substitute teacher, but also as a, as an ESL, um, I would call it studying ESL. She went and she actually explained that it's like, it's not going to make too much of a difference regardless of how, how we go into, into the subjects. It's like you already have kids here that don't understand the language, but they're good at everything. So they're, but they're overlooked. And then like, like I said, you bringing that up is, is an actual pure example of how, how us, as as products of the no child left back initiative it kind of fell into that dude but but yeah so you you excel that math so let's keep it moving forward you excel that math you started learning english by around what grade did you did you actually like start to comprehend and like all right we're able to communicate a little bit more,
1: more so i so i had to start fourth grade but then made me redo third grade so around fourth grade I was trying to speak a more and I was more like confident and then I could start conversations. Eventually like I would go with my mom and I would translate stuff for her without my stepdad like coming in or like, you know, her being scared about it. Like she felt more confident now that like her own mijo was like with her and he could translate most of the things.
0: Yeah, dude. No, and that's <laughs> like I said, dude, that's pretty common. So fourth grade, fifth grade, you start going in, you're you're a little bit more confident in that. Now, let's keep it moving forward a little bit. So how were your middle school years? Like I said, so ma- mainly I'm trying to touch up on the points of like the, the ESL, being an ESL student. So how were the middle school years for you? you? You're a little bit more confident. You're a math whiz, basically. And you speak yeah. you speak English and Spanish, dude. You're, you're, you're Duolingo, basically.
1: So, yeah. Um, so this is when the funny things happen. Um, In middle school, like, I was able to speak now. So I wanted to be more social with everybody else, like everybody. Uh, blacks, whites, everybody. Like, I didn't just want to stick with my community. I'm like, hey, I want to talk to you. I never know you. I never got to learn from you. Eventually, like, nobody wanted to talk to me because I acted out weird. So then I decided to be, like, a tough kid, a dumb kid, you know. I was throwing parties, like, drinking and smoking already in middle school. And, you know, being where we uh, used to live, you know, shit like that used to happen because kids didn't know what else to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's true, dude. I mean, I can definitely attest to a couple bad decisions i have made during during middle school and during during high school so uh so yeah so then you 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 shifted to a different personality which is which honestly like we both understand it's a pretty common personality about wanting to one be be an accepted party towards towards like everybody around us but also kind of like the the continuous pitfalls of growing up in a small town because like like you remember dude, you remember how how small it's firmly is i mean it's it's ridiculously shallow when it comes to like the the depth of what's available to be able to actually do and to excel and and most of the entertainment i mean like you said dude it's either drinking drugs or just any type of vandalism just to be able to to try to like keep yourself entertained
1: yeah and so um you know there were some moments uh I don't know what that American show is where like that father is a druggie and there's a bunch of like kids that he has with the, oh, like, sh- the, the yeah
0: yeah yeah Shameless,
1: Shameless yeah that's that's the best way sometimes to describe Burnley yeah you yeah. know
0: yeah, yeah and like
1: most people that know it there back then now they're like j- everybody just knows Warmer is the place to go but back then it was Schaleries you know yeah that was it. <laughs>
0: It's hilarious freaking jumping back and forth between the the in and out of town park and then crap man there was dude there was just so many places that i could mention but then again i don't want to i don't want to like throw away our spots from back then because you know <laughs> keep, keep, yeah keeping the yeah. code kind of
1: uh, yeah but like um uh, let's just fast forward like around like high school and everything like I got to know people and I I got very social now, have a circle. And then by my freshman year, my family is like, we're going to move now back uh, to Sparks. I only lived in Sparks for a month and then we moved to Fernley and like now we're going back to Sparks. I was like, all these people, all these friends, now I'm going to like lose them, you know. But like the best thing was like once I disappeared, I still kept in touch with you and some other people, you know, like Manuel, Sergio, Jesus. And, you know, that was a great connection. But like. Um, leaving everything behind is so hard for Latinos, especially because, you know, we're like very social, like group people and we like grow with families and we start knowing people. And then once you like move from one place to another, it just gets weird, man. All yeah. over again.
0: Oh yeah, dude. And, and that's that's really how, how it kind of goes into, into how we're going to start talking about your, your experiences in the military. But. Yeah, dude. No, I definitely understand that because a lot of a lot of what makes us social is this that that aspect of community and to be able to to kind of lean on one each o- one another, and then lean on each other with like with things and then to be able to confide in others. But yeah, dude. No, I remember those times. But here, let's let's back it up just a little bit with that. So you we started. I I still remember, like, dude, we met in in ESL class in Mr. Ruti's ESL class, and. Yeah. And we started. We 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 clicked, dude. We clicked immediately, dude. We've known each other for phew, well well past over ten years at this point, man, for sure. Yeah. So, but let's let's talk about it, dude. When did you start thinking that you wanted to be a a member of the military? What 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 caught your attention? And then specifically, what caught your attention to the Marines?
1: So like, um, I had like some personal family issues back then, but also like. I had college credits and everything but i wasn't feeling school anymore like the way i acted up in school like if i knew a subject i just lay my head down and sleep and then i'll wait for the schoolwork or the paperwork and i'm like whatever i got homework and i'll finish it like i'll pass with a b but i'll never show that i'm really smart so i passed with like a 79 or a high b but when i got A's, it was like math always and I was like, I just need a change in my life. I was like, I'm tired of like doing school. So I was like, I need a quick change and like to learn better responsibilities, even though it's what I had. And I was just like, I had a friend who was like, I'm joining the Marines. And I was like, yo, put me as a, put me in. He's like, are you doing it so I can get promoted? I'm like, nah, just, you know, one second you're just have a set path for life. Other second, you know, an opportunity happens. You're like, hey, you know, what could, what could go wrong? And, like, that's just what I did. I just hopped on the train for the Marine Corps. <laughs> Dang, man.
0: Wow, well, You you are one of the first people that I actually have, like, met, honestly. Met that – well, not one of the few. One of the first people that I've known that has actually been in the Marines that has not been, like, a, yo, this has been an itch from, when, like, when I was a little kid watching Rambo or stuff like that. I wanted to be a Marine. <laughs> Years is – No. No, dude, that's funny, though. Yours is literally, uh, a, like – Uh, a whim decision is like you know what but it's it's funny though how how as an underachiever like noticing how you're explaining it as like as an underachiever you you were you were you're definitely talented enough to be able to 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 strive to greatness and and honestly a lot of the people that i have met that that go into the military that are successful in the military like whether they just do one tour or not dude and i don't know if this if this has been the same for you like usually have a really high self-confidence Yeah. Yeah, dude.
1: Um, But, like, the funny thing was, like, when I went in and everything else, um, everybody in my family got shocked because they're like, oh, you're ready for college, so, like, now you can show your true self. And I was like, no, I'm joining the Marines, and I'm going to see what happened. And, man, it was a lot different than what I expected. Like, when I first went trying to go in, I told my recruiter, like, hey, I just want to die. But then I told him, hey, but if I want to go out, doing something great for this country at least so then they're like he looked at me he's like are you suicidal i can't let you in and i thought i'm not i'm not suicidal but i'm willing to like give out my life or something for a good meaning you know what i'm saying
0: mm-hmm. yeah no dude i definitely get you on that so all right dude. You're, well let's 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 touch back on on your your family's reaction what was their actual reaction like your mom your stepdad your you because you have siblings too right i remember you have a, a sister or a brother
1: I had sit sister and two step brothers. Oh, okay. And uh yeah, I know um my uh my dad was like my stepdad was like a little like not surprised, but my mom got like blown away though. Like, she's like, Where did this decision come from? She's like, Is it from a video games? I'm like, nah, I'm just not liking the way the road is looking up. I was like, I don't wanna stay in Reno any longer. She's like you could see other countries, other universities, you don't have to stay here. And I was like, nah, I'd rather explore with like instructions and a good goal set. I was like, that's what I see in the military.
0: No. Okay, dude. Dang. So, so your mom was a little bit hesitant on, on your, on your decision of this, this new path that you're taking now. Yeah. Now with that though, dude, like she had, did she, it kind of sounds like she had a bit of a, of a pre-panned like, trail for you to be able to go to college get a doctorate i'm pretty sure like get a master's a doctorate in something specific right yeah yeah what what did she want you to be is, is the question
1: so like she knew i was very good into business and everything like uh i'm just going back a little bit but like some of the troubles that i did in uh middle school is like i held on i did backyard fights and i let people fight and i let people bet to watch or like see who would win or lose And then after I got in trouble with that, with the principal, I started selling Mexican lollipops and I was like giving free samples and I was raising the price the less uh, quantity I had from like 25 cents all the way to 75 cents. You know, the law and demand. And my mom knew that like, I wasn't stupid. Like if we need to make money, I figure out something like in Mexico when my stepdad gave me the Xbox, I literally like put like posters around the neighborhood and I'm like, hey, try out the future. No one has an Xbox because I haven't down, down south and fucking like Cuernavaca. And I started charging people to play like two games. And like I made that same amount of money as a like a nurse does in Mexico in one day.
0: No shit, dude. <laughs> damn. Mr. Entrepreneurial Spirit, dude. That's, that's fucking crazy, man. That is that is crazy as hell, dude. But no, dude. It, it doesn't surprise me because I, 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 I still remember you bringing the, the damn backpack to to school, full of paletas and dulces and all that stuff, and I'm just like, this dude, this freaking dude. <laughs> but no, man, that's that's still pretty badass, dude. It's like you, you're like you're you're reminding me of so many so many crazy things that that we we do that we have to do just to be able to like make it in some way or another, or just to keep ourselves just like distracted of the current situation. Yep. All right, dude. So so now you're all right let's 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 keep it moving then so you're you're already you're you're closing in on 18 dude you're about to graduate you're 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 set on going to the marines you you graduate and and you you enlist immediately pretty much right
1: no 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 so uh my birthday i was still in high school my senior year i turned 18 i had like a lot of friends like hit me up and everything and uh this sounds crazy but like my phone was blown up and I was at the recruiter's office doing the paperwork like I'm here to sign my name without my mom's permission or anything like that, you know, because I'm 18 years old now. Yeah. And my phone is going off. and He's like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, it's my birthday. He's like, How are you? oh, I'm 18. I'm I'm just <laughs> here, man. I'm, I'm ready to sign up.
0: <laughs> oh, dude. So you were still in school when you, 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 you were still in school. You turned 18 and you're already at the recruiter's office, just ready, ready to give up those freaking the next four to eight years of your life
1: yeah Uh, and like my phone was blown up and like i even got like pictures like from some friends from friends like yo let's go drinking bro i remember you and i was like nah i need to do this right now for like if i if i stray from my path you know i don't know where i would have been i probably wouldn't be where i'd be right now
0: (laughs) yeah dude no no that's 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 pretty much true dude all right then damn so all right so you're so you 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 sign up how was boot camp for you? When did you go to boot camp?
1: Okay, so I started boot camp September 15 on um, 2013. Okay, and you know it was um, boot camp for us. Shit, it was uh, something interesting. You know, my friend told me like you get punished, you get disciplined. And I was like, shit, I already got that. So I'll, I'll see the worst. But um, before that, like they knew I was like an illegal person. So like most of the drone instructors, I only had like one latino everybody else was after me because they knew i was going for citizenship
0: yeah
1: i was like i'm gonna get the citizenship through the military man sometimes there'd be some funny shit. like um of uh, like the worst moment in my life because we don't have no cell phones and we write letters we had we had this hour in boot camp called senior drone instructor square away, square Wait time yeah we have an hour to like shave bath set up our camis for the next morning and like send letters or like organize your locker and everything else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, um, well they had like their little hut, like the little, um, dorm area for the drill instructors. Well, one of my friends decided to mock them and do their same voice, And the drill instructors stopped us at the first 10 minutes and they made us get all naked and like 96 or 87 people like, like dick to butt try to fit in a 12 man shower stall screaming for 30 minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and like
1: oh god dude no. yeah like oh man. that like i fucking ran and i took the corner and like now we had like 15 minutes to shower shave finish letters and everything i'm like i still have this image of my head i'm like there was this kid in the middle with the tallest guys He just got squished because like 12 people 87 or 96 guys and that it ain't
0: it in a nice day, man. It wasn't. No, dude. No, that's 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 some old school Marine shit right there, dude. That's like <laughs> that's that's something you hear like after after somebody joining in after what do you call it? Watching Full Metal Jack in like the early 90s, dude, the early 2000s, like before we were before we even knew anything about like how boot camp yeah. was and stuff like that. God, though, dude, no shit. So that, yeah, no. there's so there's that crazy experience already man so and, uh by yeah.
1: like around my second phase um uh, around my second phase i'm um, sorry about that my baby came out just no, a little it. bit sorry you You
0: good, you're good you're
1: um so in second phase i finally gave him my citizenship test and i was ready to, and i've been studying at it like hard like i would like no other
0: yeah
1: and i passed i was like i was done with it in five minutes i was like that was citizenship and they're like wow you're really smart i'm like this is the easiest test ever like you know it's over a hundred trivia questions but you they only ask you five at random
0: yeah oh yeah dude. and
1: like I answered that so fast and by around graduation they like they told us like, hey welcome you're in the United States America but under our policy now like with an honorable discharge uh, you lose uh, you go back to Mexico because they already they had a like a card ripper yeah and they like ripped my green card.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah, dude. Dang. So you, you got processed like immediately, immediately. And no, dude, me, I had a whole different experience when it came to that. So so like with like with the military, like one of the things that I know we all do a lot and I'm going to let you explain like you're like, well, you already explained your, your personal reason on why you joined it. But also this was an extra incentive for you to be able to 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 become a better person, to be able to. To add to the lineage, like not only are you paying forward this this whole time that that you were already in the country, you're 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 already you're 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 wanting to pay that back. And then just the fact that you got your citizenship out of out of doing something like honestly, I, I still consider any person. That, that I've met, dude, freaking honorable service, regardless of how they left. Like hell, people made decisions, whatever. Like you, you, you at least tried and you did your honorable service to to be able yeah. to 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 receive what what you're entitled to, dude. And that's that's one of those crazy things that, and well, not even crazy, one of those normal things that that happens to us as as illegal immigrants when when we had the opportunity, we want to give back to to this country that essentially helped us, helped raise us in that sense. But yeah, dude. But no, dude, my experience was like a little bit different. I, I went in and like within like the first week, they're like, hey, who's who's here? Basically he has a green card. We're like, all right. Like five, six people raised our hands and they're like, all right, you're going to go do this. you go fill out this paperwork. And for us, dude, it actually took like an extra month because because our boot camp only two months. But yeah. after after the second month, I had gotten my my what do you call it? Um yeah, like close closer to the end of, of, of boot camp graduation, I ended up doing the the actual uh, immigration test dude and yeah dude, I remember it was like they literally ask you five questions, you sit down, it's just like that was all it was and this is like yeah that's pretty much it like hey here's your here's your paperwork here's your stuff just wait for for when they call you in over at the state court to to be able to swear you in and this was this was when I was still in uh in Chicago with uh post boot camp with post boot camp uh what do you call it uh, with a school because I was an undead guy I don't know I don't know what you guys call them in the marines the, the dudes that got no no jobs
1: Oh, military occupation school or like, are oh, you just waiting platoon. Like you're just waiting to like start your next class or your the no, next no. class to begin.
0: No, dude, no. Like so you guys have all of all of you guys, regardless of how you go in, you guys have your MOS. Yeah. W- what we call our ratings. But no, dude, for for me, there's literally like a specific thing in the Navy called Undez. So it's called the the PACT Sailor Program, the Professional Apprentice Career Trek. And essentially, man, like how I've ever explained it to anybody, it's just like you're you're a chalan. You are literally just a chalan. You're just an extra hand that goes wherever the Navy needs you. And after like a year, you you get to choose a job. You get to choose your 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 speciality out of like however many are available. But there's no guarantee of anything. So, okay. so yeah. So basically, I studied. I stayed in in um, in Great Lakes for an extra month. I stayed in Great Lakes for an extra month. At the school, just to like, how uh, just like, just basic speciality. And then while, I, but I, while I was there, they they swore me in and everything. Like it was the actual ceremony. Like I got sworn in with like twenty to thirty different people, and like seven or eight of them were were from the navy, dude. And it, it was it's crazy how many people you see that are from the navy that that are there in in just a really really odd circumstances because like out of everything and anything worldwide we all end up in the United States we all end up in the in in the military service not just specifically the navy we end up in the military service and then somehow we end up in that same specific spot trying to do and trying to to receive that that extra compensation of the United States citizenship and then continue to pay it forward with our service to the country. So it's just, it's, it's just always been a, a really, a really profound moment whenever I think back on it.
1: Yeah, no, know, man, it's been like, um, it's pretty funny. Like most, I think one thing that's for funny, it's like, us, like Latinos, like when we try to get the citizenship it's because like, we appreciate this country just a little bit more than the, most people that like say this country. Sucks, or you know, those Latinos that are like born here, like they say, like it's a fucked up country. But like, at least in Mexico, you know, you know who the bad guys are, and it's it can be pretty fucked up compared to here, you know. Oh yeah, dude. Like we we still haven't reached that point where we could pay a cop because for corruption, you know. But in Mexico, that's still a thing, even from the nineties, man. That's dude. like,
0: yeah, no, that's that's still way before the nineties, man, way before even our time, dude.
1: And like nobody believes that, and I'm like this. Anytime you could pay the police to get away from you, you know there ain't no government. And like everybody here, like doesn't believe that. and I'm like this country ain't that bad. It's just you guys complain too much if you don't visit another country, you know? Yeah. And not just like visit the tourists, but visit the roots, you know? Oh yeah. Like is. that's the thing about that's the thing about like Latinos. Like we're not afraid to like visit different areas. I mean, shit. Now there's more Latinos in like in Mississippi or like visiting other states that they would never visit instead of you know the usual Texas, California, Nevada or Florida.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, dude, no, you're right, dude. You were definitely right with that, and 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 yeah. Well, here, well, let's talking about travel. How how was it for you? Now, now you're now you're you're a U.S. Marine. You're a U.S. Marine. You're you're stationed at your at your first duty station. You're, you're at your first okay. command. And when was the first time that you left the country?
1: So, okay. So the first time I left was uh, to Japan for two weeks. So like I said, like my job was very simple. I was just a water support technician. So I learned how to work on purifiers, laundry units, um, laundry units, shower units, and all this other stuff like that relates to water, like for people, for resources, like we're when we're on the move. Yeah. And uh, they're like, hey, you're good on your job. You want to learn some other stuff? Sure. So they sent me with combat engineers because mostly nobody from my job wanted to be that. They wanted to be combat engineers and they sent me to that platoon just to like learn some shit and they sent it to Japan and I I guess my name got also involved by accident and I went to Japan for two weeks for a jungle warfare training.
0: (laughs) Damn, dude. All the way to Japan? Yeah. That's crazy, dude.
1: And, uh, that was some fun survival techniques but but like it was funny because it just reminded me of like like mexico like where i'm from like like i said in down south the south you get the more tropical it is and everything else and i was like oh it almost feels the same yeah and and like everybody was freaking out like i knew like how to hunt how to do some things i mean i showed them how to do like fishing with just like your shoestring and using mres and everybody got surprised <laughs> man
0: dude no and and those those are the crazy skills that 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 we bring to the table like and and like what i've learned from a couple of the, the the people that i've like i've been in with dude is like it's the 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 circumstances of the circumstances of your your environment are going to make you the person that you are. And then sometimes you, you, you tend to realize, and especially even more in the military, how much more capable you really are. And, and prove me wrong or if not with this, but every single person that you've met that's, that's from outside of the United States, from a foreign country, usually has some sort of higher resource to be able to contribute to, to wherever, whatever party they're with, like their platoon, their squadron, or, or whatever group they're doing for training. Am I right or am I wrong?
1: No, you're right about it.
0: Like, how was so? so, Yeah, no, keep going. going.
1: So like um, the funny thing about like going to Japan, it's like, you know, um, Americans like, you know, they have this thing about like Latinos not speaking English and like, you know, this was still going on, not even with Trump or anything like that, it was like Obama and everybody still was dealing with immigration. Yeah. Well, like when they went to talk to the Japanese and they're like, they got to respect and learn people and they don't know their language. And there's only like one person learning to translate. It only took like a couple of Latinos and like other people that like, hey, I watched Japan or like Japanese anime or anything like that to communicate. Like I looked at the guys and I was like, no talking, yes or no. And like, I would do something and I would wait for the guy to go like, yes or no. And it was like, how do you communicate with your guy? And I was like, you gotta make yourself easy to pass communication, like simple yes or no questions. because. That language barrier. Whenever you go to a different country or a different world, you gotta know how to communicate fast, get information across. You know,
0: yeah. No, it's it's really it's really true, dude. And that's that's one of the things those those things that that people don't see. That honestly, people don't see when it comes to to being an ESL student. Now, they 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 recognize and they know it's like people from the United States. People people s- strictly. Strictly restricted to one language when like you're saying dude it's 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 that whole thing about well why don't why why can't you speak English? why can't you speak it like that and and yet the tables are turned as soon as you go to a different country and you have to rely on the the next closest person it's it's really weird for them, it's really weird for them, and I'm not trying to knock them down, but it's kind of like it sometimes almost becomes a humbling moment because I've had my fair share of experiences when when I've had to do that too, dude. And and it's like they get so astounded and surprised, but at that certain point, there's still no respect for the fact of of, of the knowledge of that that we're able to provide with that. So those that those, those examples have basically been uh, semi neutral examples with with being in in the military. I mean, you're a resource you're a resourceful dude. You're you're basically already far above and beyond with when it comes to like the the training that they're giving you. You're you're in fact you're you're already proficient in it beforehand, and now you're essentially yeah. showing them as as a Latino, Hispano, as as a, literally as a complete foreigner, as a complete foreigner yeah. that you're 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 able to be resourceful. Now, and it's completely up to you if you want to talk about it. Have you had any negative experiences while while being in in the Marines as? as a Mexican, as an Hispano, as, as somebody of, of, a porn culture with either with yourself or with anybody else of your platoon mates?
1: I mean, I, I only have one, like, well, two, but the second one was a little weird experience with like my doc- I mean, uh, documentation, but the first one is like a funny one. It's a funny light story, but like my cousin is a grunt and he got stationed now back in California and he was originally living in Japan. And I got to go visit him on the base. And and the grunt lifestyle, like, you know, the yeah. mindset of somebody who's, like, their job is to train, kill, and do that m- mostly on a daily basis list. I was doing it, like, three out of the five days of my week. But yeah. he was doing it, like, you know, five out of the five days. And um, I got to hang out. And these guys were, like, hey, they just, like, very racist towards each other. But, you know, that's just their lingo. You know, that's just how they are. Yeah. At one point, I was drinking with somebody named uh, tennis that was his nickname and he was a machine gunner he's just like calling me a wetback and all this and my cousin's like yo he's straight out of Mexico he's doing this for a citizenship I was there <laughs> I think I was like I think I was still 18 and I was drinking with this guy till like 4 in the morning we're just going at each other and I'm cussing him out in Spanish and he's cussing me out in English and eventually we just fucking fought and everybody looked at us and then we took I took a drink of his moonshine. he took a drink of my tequila and we're like Fucking man, I mean, as long as the end, we're just still people together. Yeah. But like, the only weird time I ever had is like before I deployed to um, Bahrain. Um, they made me like get rid of dual citizenship so I can have a clearance so I can watch some videos or guard some outposts, mm-hmm. and they're like, you can't have both a Mexico and a American citizenship. So they had to get rid of my passport and I still have pictures on my iPod and on my iPhone and everything like how I used to look in my passport and they shredded it and then they were going to do the paperwork. So I only have one citizenship and they never cleared that out. So I was in Iraq clearing some spaces with no clearance. But, you know, I lost my uh, passport. Now I have no Mexican passport, but I still have dual citizenship somehow, some way.
0: Wow, man. And. Yeah, dude. No. Same thing happened to me too. Same thing happened to me too. It's it's one of those things that where where I kind of explained it in the in one of my first episodes, talking about fronteras and then and as well as um and the price of glory. I mean, it's it's a very, very specific thing that we have to give up. It's it's very it goes it really goes into that kind of duality. There's a very there's a very fine line between a an internal battle. At that point it's I don't know for you dude. For for me, when I when I had to give up my passport, I kinda had a feeling like at a certain point I kinda lost a little bit of my identity, like a little bit of who I was as as myself, as Jose man. And and then and then knowing in fact that as soon as they took the passport, it's just like now you're now you're a US citizen, strictly US citizen. But I kind of I kind of switched it up because I, I ran into a couple things with that where where it it just seemed a little weird that as soon as I did that a couple things changed with that and and then even a couple interactions I had with like my supervisors and stuff they're telling me it's like yeah man now now you really are an American I'm just like now you really are a, a, from the USA and I'm just like no bro no it's like yeah like you know what and I like that's that's not how it works like I'm I'm still a Mexican. And I'm still... And, and you know what?
1: Yeah, yeah, like, like... You know what? Yeah, go ahead, dude. Here's, funny, here, here's the funny part. I think that people think that, like, the military is on top of their stuff, but, like, it took me, like, no less than a week to realize that they're probably not gonna, like, relinquish my citizenship because you probably seen it firsthand, like, the military admin or, like, the main support aspect, sometimes they fail so bad at passing down info. Oh, yeah. So
0: dude.
1: that some people some people can get away with like doing some stuff or some people get forgotten for other stuff, you know.
0: Yeah. No, legit and I can honestly attest to that because that's that's my primary work, dude. I am I am the admin handler and I can tell you it's just like it's literally just like any job, but the but the military has a really really bad uh reputation with that with a lot of things, dude. But no, I'm and honestly, I'm not surprised that they really didn't truly revoke your dual citizenship if it still has it because it's 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 really hard to kind of like be persistent when when you have outdated systems and outdated procedures to to be able to to try to retrofit and to try to try to make things work on a short notice basis with with when things aren't communicating as they should, so yeah, dude, I definitely understand that portion so all right well let's let's keep it moving with this dude so. How did you feel though? How did you feel after they took your, 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 essentially they, 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 they quote unquote, stripped you of your nationality, your other nationality, your original nationality.
1: So like, I wasn't that pissed. Cause like, I haven't seen Mexico in a while. Like the last time I saw Mexico, was in Italy, so I was like not freaked out, but like it hit me. I think towards the end of my last two weeks, um, my, uh, my unit was deployed. It was a squadron. Yeah, it was a squadron. They all deployed and there was a rear element of, like, if 470 people left, I think, like, 120 stayed behind. I was one of the 120 that stayed behind. We had a lot of DUIs and they were about to, like, secure our weekend. And at one point, there was this kid who was underage and he was about to go drinking again. And I I almost risked it all, like, I fucking beat the crap out of this kid and I put him in his room because he was too drunk and, like, he was about to secure a week, and I was like, dude, you almost made me lose my citizenship because of your ass.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, no, that's damn.
1: And like, I've been, I've been, I was biting my tongue for a long time in the military. There were some times where like people knew me, like, I want to hurt somebody and everything in the Marine Corps. Like, our back in, when I came in, you know, hazing was a thing. Yeah. I mean, it still happens under the ropes, but like, when I came in, it was like, Fuck paperwork, you're gonna get hazed. And yeah, sometimes I really wanted to haze on people's and I just bit my tongue or I like just did a shit ton of PT. But by the end of it, I finally snapped on somebody. I was like, I'm in a leadership decision because that guy was like I was like, This guy's just gonna make it worse for everybody. And I was like, This is a community. Like the Marine Corps made me like feel like I was part of a community again and it's still it's going on. But like I never forgot where I came from. Like my platoon was like heavy Latino base. There was a very couple of people that like like that weren't with us. Like utilities there was a couple it was very Latinos and a couple different uh, people here and there. I mean we had somebody from Africa and I clicked with that guy more than like my um my black staff sergeant or anything like that. But my friend from Africa we had hardcore accents. They always made fun of us, but like we always, they always said we're always gonna get in trouble.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, dude, that's how it happens, though. Too that's how it happens. So, like, out of out of your entire experience, out of the four years, how many how many people did you meet from all over the the from all over the world? Like, so you you already said there's a whole bunch of Latinos in 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 your platoon and in your unit. What what countries were they from?
1: So like I had somebody from India, I had somebody from uh, the Philippines, I had somebody from straight out of Germany, one from Russia. My friend from Germany was also Spaniard and they made him keep uh, they let him keep his triple citizenship, which was a crazy, absurd thing. But uh, yeah, no, Marine Corps is like very diverse group. Like some people join because they want to change. So you don't know where you get out of the like out of the bucket by the end. It's so weird. Like what kind of people you get in the Marine Corps?
0: No, it's true. I mean, that's, that's honestly just kind of the military in general. It's a little bit more, I don't know, dude, like it, it seems like the, the, they just pour everybody into the same bucket and there's no funnel or filter. Like you just get everything. You get every, anything and everything, man. But dang, dude. So Everybody you met was literally from all over the world and and I hear that a lot too but i I've, I've always noticed too that in in this is my personal observation, both the marines and the army have a really high high number of, of hispano latinos like can you attest can you honestly attest to that
1: I mean yeah, and I think some of the things I always laugh about is uh you know. Depending from this generation and the other one, but like from our generation, you know, Blood In, Blood Out was a movie that came out and everybody knew it. Yeah. And I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't know if kids nowadays or like early 2000 kids watch as much movies like we did, but like that shit influenced a bunch of Latinos when we came in. Like, what made you join? Cause I saw Blood In, Blood Out, I said, (laughs) I fucking would be laughing hella hard. (laughs) But it'd be funny, you know, like yeah. movies with Latino culture sometimes they influence us like join the military or shit like that,
0: yeah, dude. <laughs> no, that's legit, dude, that's legit, but dang man that's that's honestly, that's badass dude that's 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 badass I always see the memes too, man I always see the memes of of I don't know if you've seen this guy he's on uh mexican u s mar He's, he's got a whole bunch of Marines of blood in, blood out, dude. Like, check him out, and it's, it's funny because a lot of the stuff, I see those, and I'm like, yeah, i seen that part, man. Yeah. And then I sometimes think, like, shit, you know what? I think I kind of joined the wrong branch, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that the Navy has a lot of the Filipinos, and now I'm currently working with Filipinos, and I always tell them, man, I don't fear you guys. I fear the Filipino mafia and the Navy. I'm like, now that's some other level crazy stuff. <laughs> oh dude
0: that's that's a whole different conversation for another day man i don't know dude i don't want i don't want to touch up my service but yeah dude, that's that that's a whole story for a different day they're they're but no dude they are they're they're the they're essentially and and I've had this conversation with with a couple of the guys like they're they're the Mexicans of the of the southeast asia dude they they're literally the Mexicans of southeast yeah. asia man and it's it's funny though but man dude so you, dude, you've you've had a whole crazy array of of a lot of crazy things happen to you while while you were in the Marines. What to to kind of finish it off? What have been some of the the best experiences that you've had in in the Marines? What 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 can you take out of what 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 are some of the good and the bad things you can take out of having been in the Marines? If you can just do like a quick so, summary.
1: One of the good things is like it taught me like to like. So now I learn over time, but like one thing in the Marine Corps, like I said, I wanted to be a leader and learn my way. I could have been promoted to a sergeant, like right in the two years, which sounds like a kiss ass, but like me being on top of my shit, my higher ups wanted me to get promoted. I said, I want to learn the ropes about being a leader, learning the ins and outs from the bottom, you know? Mm -hmm. And I learned that like how sometimes it's good to start from the bottom and know how a certain system works, but, uh, if you got the natural skill in life don't hesitate nowadays especially for any latino out there like if you got the skills or the mindsets of something and you're really good don't hesitate don't give yourself time like oh no they will notice me later no 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 bite it like go for it because if you don't opportunity goes out really really fast man man no, dude. Like, one of like my bad experiences is like um if you don't like where like somewhere is or how some people act as leaders or people that are in charge of you there's always that this you know there's always that little bit of time you know in the military there's only that little bit of time you're like i can't wait till i get out i'm not going to be responsible you know for like the lives of people it's not that it's hard but sometimes when you're like well known or you people respect you 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 are in charge like so many people that could die and you may have to bury them, man. And that's, like, some of the craziest things. Like, you may be helping people.
0: Yeah, dude. No, oh, man. It's, yeah. it's legit.
1: All right. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to go, man. No, it's cool, dude.
0: <laughs> no, it's no problem, dude. I was actually going to say it. I mean, that's that's a pretty good point to to wrap it up with. But, yeah, man. I mean, I was going to ask if you had any questions or if you wanted to say anything else before we sign off.
1: No, no. Like, just like I said, um, stick to a... Opportunity, because like opportunity doesn't like come by towards you. But yeah, man, I'm gonna have to go. My baby's crying a lot. <laughs> <Yeah, it's laughs> That's cool, my dude. first kid.
0: No worries, man. Hey, you go be a dad, dude. And then, and then before we sign off, man. Hey, thank you for for doing this interview, man, and giving us some insight as as a Mexican, as an Hispano, and and then most importantly too, as a as a as as a very high thriving U.S. citizen. Way, I really appreciate it, okay, man. man. And then thank you for your service too, dude. Eh?
1: I know. And thank you for yours too, man. All right. Uh, Later. uh, Thanks,
0: dude.